what compels us to root for the underdog? Have you ever felt like the underdog? Let's face it, in families, it can often feel like it's us against the world. The divorce stats reveal remarriages are more difficult than married the first time, and we are regularly challenged by uniquely blended family scenarios, especially in the beginning. In many examples, blended parents feel targeted, whether by difficult family members or exes, people quipping, you knew what you were getting into when you signed up for this marriage, or by the kids who are struggling to blend. It can leave couples hemorrhaging when the arrows hit the middle of the heart. No matter the social media messaging, societal woes, or other people's thinking about how we could better manage our blend, God's immutable nature is exactly the support we need when we feel like the underdog. God calls us to run our race well, to keep our eyes on the finish line, fulfilling the purpose He has placed on our lives. In this episode, number 73, Bill shares his absolute delight over the underdog, first race finisher in the Kentucky Derby, Rich Strike. I giggle with delight each time Bill reenacts the race. How about you? Did you witness the Rich Strike's victorious race? Bill implores you to watch the two-minute clip plastered everywhere on all the socials. Hey, before you do, join us today to explore this question. What would your life be like if you knew your stepfamily was going to win the race with the odds stacked against you? 80 to 1 odds, in fact. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to episode number 73 so you can begin the conversation in your blend about key strategies to win the purpose-driven race God has ordained for your family. All right, we're off to the Step Family Races. Hey there, you're listening to Step Family Mission Possible, the podcast for step families with a focus on step family couples building their legacy together. We know that blending families is hard, and your hosts, me, Jen Rogers, along with my husband, Bill, are determined to make it easier. It's time to turn step family chaos into step family mission possible together so you can stop feeling that pit in your stomach on transition day and start celebrating all the reasons why you are exactly in the right place right now. When I was growing up, we used to go to the IGA grocery store. It was right next to Shopco. It was just a couple miles down the road from our house. And when I say we used to go, it was me and my baby sister, and my dad, and we would go to IGA for one thing. Do you know what that one thing was that we would go to IGA for? Sugar cubes. No, not sugar cubes. We used to go to the IGA to buy tickets for the horse races. Ah. Now, I don't remember what horse race we would watch. I just remember getting really excited watching the horses go out the gate. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you is you have recently helped me uncover this memory <laughs> as we've been talking about what's going on in the world this week. So what do you got? I know you're super excited about this and your excitement cracks me up. Well, we've been talking this week. We read from Hebrews chapter 12 about the race we're running, the Christian race we're running. And this definitely applies to us as couples too. I did not see on Saturday, because I don't watch much TV, I did not see the Kentucky Derby. But I can't get enough of the replays. 
in this race, you have this horse that was added a day before the race. He was added. Just, we need, we need another horse. Somebody scratched, and so we need another horse. So they put in this horse, Rich Strike. He was a nobody. He was 80 to 1. In fact, to start, he was 100 to 1. And they, they put him in this race. Here's the thing about Rich Strike. Nobody told him. They forgot to tell him that he wasn't supposed to run, win the race. <laughs> so he gets in the race. And he's running along and he's back in the pack. And you know what? He could have stopped and eaten some grass. And, and he's going along. And the, the announcers are announcing up in the front. And here comes Zenden. And here comes Epicenter competing. And you have Crown Pride in these horses that were seven to one, six to one. And they're announcing it. And he, he, he's saying it's between two horses. It's between Epicenter and Zenden. And all of a sudden he says, Rich Strike coming up on the inside. Oh my goodness. The longest of long shots has won the Kentucky Derby. And it's over. It's over. Rich Strike, an 80 to 1, nobody won the Kentucky Derby. I wish I had my IGA ticket on that horse. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I wonder how much money I would have won. 80 to 1. 80 to 1. But I mean, I think we paid a dollar for these tickets. <laughs> you would have won 80 bucks. I would have won 80 bucks. Well, what can you do with 80 bucks? Hey, here's the thing. I think step families, we flip all of that on the head. That we don't hear people cheering for us. We don't hear people saying, oh, you're going to make it. You're going to do it. What we hear is you're destined to yeah. divorce because the stats are against, against you, but you're right. here on Step Family Mission Possible, we are all about upending these stats and preventing redivorce. And we're going to use this horse race today to prove a point. Yeah, nobody told the horse that he couldn't win. He was just out there running his race. Here's the interesting thing. He went out slow. He didn't go out super fast. He was in the pack. If you see the replay of this thing, he was way back. And then it was almost like he was shot out of a cannon. In 15 seconds, he went from the middle of the pack to the winner. It, it was that fast. Honey, how many times have you watched the video of the Kentucky Derby? I've seen at least three <laughs> or four angles. It's, it's one of the most. Well, well, think about this. There's never been an upset like this. There's been one upset like this in the Kentucky Derby. But the nearest that I can put it to is John Daly. John Daly is a golfer, as we all know. He was the seventh alternate in the PGA Championship in 1991 at Crooked Stick, Indiana. Seventh alternate. All right, you can play. I mean, we got an opening. Come on in. You, you can play. And he won the thing. Changed his life. Changed the trajectory of PGA golf. I mean, the guy could hit the ball a country mile. He swung the club around his neck. And all of a sudden, you got all these little kids swinging the club around their neck now. <laughs> Not that that's I good think for your you. coach tells you to avoid doing that. And I just yes. want to say, honey, you are a golf nut. Not all of our listeners are golf nuts, but that's okay. We're just going to go with it, that they know all about these oddball occurrences happening in the world of sports. Well, you know, yeah, it's it's in the world of sports. We all love an underdog, right? I mean, if, if, if we don't have, if you don't have a favorite in the game, for, for instance, you're watching the Super Bowl or whatever, you don't have a favorite, you always pick the underdog. 
we usually do. We I always the, the one that's I supposed mean, to lose. Mostly against the Patriots, just because I mean oh, it was yeah. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay. Although I do love football and I do appreciate players who play well. I also appreciate step families who embrace the fact that they are the underdog. And that's I think that's where I'm going with this, is that nobody told this horse that he wasn't supposed to win. And so he went out and ran his race and his race happened to be the winner. How do you know that the race that you're running isn't going to be the winner? All of us were made uniquely. We're all made by God. One of the things we like to say is your marriage isn't a quote unquote, you know, just second marriage or, or beyond. It's a marriage. It's a marriage and God honors marriage. Mm-hmm. That's right. So win, right? We're all in this race. Let's win. Well, if God is our coach or if he's our jockey steering us through, I think our chances are pretty good when we choose to run aligned with Mm -hmm. scriptural principles. It's so easy to get off track or distracted by the other horses in the race, if you will. And we Mm -hmm. oftentimes are comparing, I don't know, I'd love to know that how many people would say they spend time comparing themselves against another step family or comparing themselves against the previous marriage that they had mm-hmm. or the marriage they thought they were going to have because they came in it ready to run the race thinking I've got experience and skills and I've done some things that I know I don't want to do again. And yet things can fall apart pretty quickly when couples first come together and blend. And that's where we encourage getting on the same sheet, making sure that we're both deciding where that horse is going to run. Yeah. You know, we often compare ourselves to marriages that didn't break up too. We compare ourselves to everybody else. Comparison is a a popular pastime for all of us. We we not only compare ourselves, we compare people we see. We, we just do that. But if you don't know, I'm not supposed to win. Then win. Then win. Yeah. Go in and do what you do. And when we were talking earlier, you know, that might mean for your family, you do some things that are unique to you. Maybe there are things that you enjoy doing that some of your friends don't particularly enjoy, but you do. You'll find people that enjoy them, right? You'll find other people to do almost anything. You and I, we, we enjoy playing golf together. So we go out to the golf course and we meet new people and it's great. Mm-hmm. We develop new friendships that way. And we get opportunities then to spread the message. Mm-hmm. Well, even though Lucky Strike was not... Rich sorry, Strike. Rich, what are they? Lucky Strike. Are those cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. See, this is the power of advertising. So we need to be a walking <laughs> infomercial for step family success. You will be successful. You will be successful when you run your own race. Interesting. Okay. So Rich Strike. It's not that he had never run a horse race before. Oh, he'd run horse races. He had never run them particularly well, and he didn't run the Kentucky Derby before, nor did his jockey right. run. Well, nobody usually runs the Kentucky Derby more than once. I mean, horses... Oh, I have no idea. That's... Clearly, I have no idea. Let's not expose all the things I don't know about horse racing. I do know that the women love to wear hats, and I know it's in Kentucky, so I know a few things about this. 
Hey, let, let's go back and latch onto what you were saying earlier about the uniqueness of the family and that when we come together, there is no marriage like our marriage. Mm -hmm. There never has been and there never will be again. What kind of marriage do we want to have? What do we want to speak over our family? If we were to go five years out and say, when we're describing our family, what would that look like? That's where we get that vision in tune mm -hmm. with God's best for our marriage and for our family. Because as you said, His promises for marriage, there's no four-letter word in front of that promise for marriage in Scripture. So what would that look like if we already knew that we were going to win? I think that looks like we, we have an idea what it looks like because God made us with those bents already. The things that we love to do now are likely the things that we're going to love to do later on. The more we practice doing the kinds of things that fulfill us, even as a couple, the more fulfilled we will be down the line. I think some of us try to force ourselves into boxes that we don't fit in. We come with some preconceived notions about how it's supposed to work instead of praying together as a couple and asking, God, what do you have for our family? How do we come together successfully? Before we started recording, I was looking at some of my notes about Maslow's hierarchy of needs because we had talked about the importance of needs and wants and how those impact our families. The interesting thing is when I was doing some research and asking the question, how does Maslow bump up against scripture? There's a whole lot of stuff there. All that to say that we know that we always start with the word and the tools and resources that we have out there from society. We need to bring those in and bump those up against the word and say, okay, how do these work? Do these align with God's principles? And I'm going to say the basic human need, that is a scriptural principle. Our God is the God of provision, and He knows that we have basic needs, and He wants us to lean into Him so He can provide those for our marriages and families. Well, and not only does He want to provide those things, but He insists that we trust that He will. He insists that we don't worry about those things and that we leave those in his hands. Certainly one of the popular scriptures that a lot of people quote is Matthew chapter 6, where the Lord basically says, uh, don't worry. Don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you'll wear, you know, for God takes care of the birds of the air, and aren't you more important than these? And, and then he says, basically, to sum it up, you take care of the kingdom of God, and he'll take care of all these other things. That is revolution. If we could ever get that right, not only us as couples, certainly us as individuals, churches, whatever else we're doing would thrive. <laughs> it's so easy to get distracted by the other horses that are in the race. We have the horses of oppression. We have the horses of naysayers. We have the horses of, I've tried that before and failed, and I don't want to fail again. We have the horses of fear, and we focus on those. But there are also horses of optimism and promise and planning mm -hmm. and success. It's just that we get so distracted by taking our eye off the finish line when we're looking at the obstacles that are in front of us. 
Yeah, for sure. And what does that finish line look like? Nobody can get into the mind of this horse, right? And say, what in the world possessed you to run that fast? I do urge everyone to watch this race because this horse looks like it was shot out of a cannon. It's otherworldly how fast this thing is going compared to the field. I mean, I look at it and I say, how? (laughs) But that's the thing. He ran his race. When we know the finish line, then we can run our race. Sometimes we have an artificial finish line. The finish line isn't what it should be. I'm going to get to retirement, for example. Okay. And then what? Uh And then what? Well, you know, then I'm going to enjoy my grandkids. Maybe, maybe. But what about you? What are you going to do? What is going to fulfill you? That's, that's part of this race. I mean, if we're going to run the race, well, we've got to have a, a carrot. (laughs) dangling out there say this this is what we're going for that's where jesus gave us that said hey don't you worry about the hierarchy of needs as it were in fact the one place i think maslow really missed it is his highest place in the pinnacle was self-actualization but that's not the highest place in the pinnacle. That's I mean, you want to be actualized. You want to feel like you're worth something. Absolutely. But there's further to go. You're not the top of the food chain. We do like to think that we are the top of the food chain. We do like being up on top for sure. Well, I have seen some images that have actually flipped this hierarchy of needs on the point of the triangle. And that is mm-hmm. God right there, that it doesn't look like it could be balanced, but he definitely can handle the weight of all of the needs mm-hmm. and the wants that we have as well. There's definitely a balance of staying in tune with who God is calling us to be and how he's asking us to steward our families with him also wanting to give us the desires of our hearts to have fun to go play golf, Mm -hmm. to go swimming, to go out for a bike ride, to sit down and read so that we can get that rest that we so often skip over because we're going and rushing on to that next thing. Right. He wants you to run your race. He made you as an individual. I I love the scripture in Ephesians 2.10 because it says, We are his workmanship created in him to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And when you think about that, he knows exactly who you are. He says, you know what? I'm going to set up. I'm going to put the ball on a tee and you can knock it right over the fence and you can be celebrated because this one's for you. But the problem is if we're comparing ourselves to other people, you see, we don't do things like other people. And if we insist on trying, then we won't run our own race. Well, and we are not called to win every race that we run. I know we were focused on the horses that were expected to win. And then of course on Rich Strike who won. I did not look at the tail end. Did everybody make it across the finish line? Yeah. Oh, good. This is great for my analogy. Okay. So everybody made it across the finish line. They all were a part of something amazing happening there. Mm -hmm. That takes us right back to our focus on our families. How do we create amazing things regardless of what's going on around us, particularly for those families who have different household expectations. So when the kids go back and forth and they're struggling with, oh, wait, these are the rules in this house. So I need to shift Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. 
it is doable when you set the expectation there. Sometimes we have unrealistic expectations that it quote unquote should happen within X weeks or X months or by this time, how can we not be here already? Yet there are things that we need to learn along the way. Even though we've run races before, Mm. we are being called to acquire new skills to study the new racetrack. Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because if we going back to Hebrews chapter 12, we're told we're in this race and and it's set up as the saints who've gone before us, all of our loved ones who have died and gone to heaven are all lining the seats and there we are, we're the horses on the track and we're galloping along running the race. Then the author says and you are being disciplined for the race. What father doesn't discipline his son whom he loves? He, he says that. And he actually takes the difficult things in our lives and equates them with the kind of discipline it takes to run a race well. For example, you run. So if you run and you don't ever stretch, what happens? Well, I just look at you for you're a walking example of what happens when you don't stretch after you run or before you run. You are. You're a walking example. I get tight and I get uncomfortable. And you can pull a muscle. I can pull a muscle. You could pull a muscle. Now, if you're in a big race, if you're going to run a 10K or let's say a half marathon, even a marathon, do you think any of those runners would dare not stretch out? and warm up before they ran? I think not. I think not. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think that's the point. I mean, certainly the race that we're running is a long-distance race. It is, yes. We don't know exactly yeah. how far it is, but it is definitely a long race. It reminds me of the first race I ran outside of being required to run when I was in the Army a long, long time ago. But the first race I ran was the St. Patty's Day race Mm -hmm. uh, downtown. So we live in the capital city in the state of Missouri in the U.S. of A. And it's a hilly town. Yeah. Lots and lots of hills. Basically, it's flat right when you first start out. And then I don't think it ever gets flat again. (laughs) I think it's up and down. It's a beautiful course. It's a beautiful race. And I was actually running that with Casey and Jeff, our daughter and son-in-law. They are a lot younger than I am, and they can run faster and longer than what I can. But they ran that race with me. And when we were faced with this huge hill, they said, do you, do you want to stop and walk? And I said, no, let's not even talk about that. I don't even want that thought to enter my mind. I just want to keep going. Now, off the, off the cuff here, I don't remember what my time was, but it wasn't dismal. I mean, it wasn't the best that I could do, but it wasn't dismal. And it was what I could do up to that point for the time that I had trained. And I did train. I you trained train. quite a bit. Yeah. And what I remember most is not so much a training. It's kind of like childbirth where they say you forget it. It actually is true. You do forget it a little bit later on. When I was there at the starting gate, I was rip-roaring excited. I was nervous and excited all at the same time. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. I didn't know how I was going to perform, but I was so excited. This is so convicting. I was so excited to be in the race. I don't know that I would describe how I felt about us coming together as a step family after that first big hiccup that I'm really excited to be here in the thick of 
these things that I never expected to happen. I couldn't have even mm-hmm. foreseen them. But it's it's a powerful reminder, a convicting note right here as we record that God is calling me to be excited. And he wants me to have this energy cursing through my body to say, let's go, let's do something amazing today. Yeah. And when you're running that race, you're in there like, oh, no, you know, this hurts. But when you look back, you say, wow, I'm glad I made the decision to stay with it. But that's that's part of the point. Discipline is like that hill right in front of you. I mean, we go through, you're going to come to a trial and you're going to come to a trial that you didn't expect. And that's going to happen as a couple. That's going to happen as a family. You're going to come to a trial. So the question is, are you going to run through it or are you going to quit? We all have the choice. That horse could have gone, meh, you know what? I'm just a little late entry. He didn't know that. He didn't know that. No. The jockey could have done that, right? And said, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to come in and collect my few bucks and take a few pictures and call it a day. Nope. (laughs) I'm going to ride this horse for all he's worth. Here's the most incredible gift of him winning that race. Just like when we achieve a certain level in our families, that now we're going to up-level it. I was going to say, all right, good job. Here's your next assignment. Here's your next race. This is what the next track looks like. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a small little glimpse of it, because we know God doesn't like to tell us how he just likes to give us a little pointer going this direction. Yeah, for sure. And when you do something well, then the next time you do it, it's expected to be good. When Ritz Strike runs the Preakness in a couple of weeks, he's not sneaking up on anybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. That's very true. Everybody's going to be watching what that horse is doing. And that's a lot of pressure. He's a horse. Horses <laughs> have feelings, honey. I'm sure, I'm they sure do. he can sense the tension <laughs> of the jockey and the trainers and all the other people around him. I'm sure that there's, that's what's so interesting. Just do what you do, buddy. <laughs> do what you do. That's right. Do what you do. Like my dog. <laughs> he do does what, do. what He does what he wants to do. All right. We want to encourage couples to enjoy the race. And to perhaps expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected and run your own race. The most important thing is run the race that's yours. Don't run someone else's race. Don't walk according to other people's expectations. God will set your pace and he will set your expectations. You do not need to measure up to what other people think you need to be. Be right where you are, because that's right where God puts you. Now, you know what? That means some struggles. That means some doubts in your head. You know, doubt is not the opposite of faith. Disobedience is the opposite of faith. Doubt's okay. You can doubt. You can have lots and lots of questions, misgivings, even some negative thoughts, but don't quit. Don't quit. Keep on running challenges that we experience, those are designed for us to turn to God and offer them up and ask Him to reveal what it is that we do next, especially when we have lots of balls up in the air that are 
truly important. We've got these range of urgent matters and not so urgent matters, important, unimportant distractions. But to know what to do next, that's where the discernment comes in mm-hmm. and bringing it before the Lord. I looked up a few scriptures. Psalm 119.32 says, I run in the path of your commands, mm. for you have broadened my understanding. Nice. Now, I do know Psalm 119 is the longest psalm. It is. And I also know that it is full of the word delight. Delight Mm -hmm. in the Lord. I know that God wants us Mm -hmm. to delight in our marriages and delight in our stepfamilies. Yeah, Psalm 119 is an acrostic. Basically, it's the Hebrew alphabet. And each section of the alphabet has seven verse, eight verses, I'm sorry, each that start with that letter. And so you have eight verses times the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and that makes up the entire Very song. long song, <laughs> full of delightful verses for each letter of the alphabet. All right. Good to know. Let's pray for our couples, that they will be able to run their own race, that they will recognize that the obstacles are not forever. It's just a hill. Run up it and God runs with you. And that they will realize that the finish line is closer than they think. Mm, That's awesome. That is a good prayer. Mm. All right. We would love to know if you watched the race. And if you haven't, we've clearly invited you to go on ahead. You have to go see it. Can't miss this. This is, don't miss. I feel like we should have a Zoom call where you Mm -hmm. can just share your excitement over this because you are even more entertaining than me watching the race. Hey, email us at hello at stepfamilypodcast.com if you watched this horse race and what you think about Rich Strike. And, you know, if you want to talk about Lucky Strikes too, I guess you can email us (laughs) about Lucky Strikes as well. (laughs) I'm going to walk in humility here. Hey, we love you, families. We want you to know that God is for you and God loves you very, very much. And his blessings are for you in your marriage and for you as a step family. So we invite you to run your race well. Amen. Amen. Okay. So let's say you're feeling like the underdog. Is there anything that you can do to improve the situation? Well, of course there is. Well, we highlighted some of those in today's episode. Listening to a podcast is very different than interacting with people who understand the difficulty of feeling like an underdog. Hey, we've been there and there are times that we still experience those same feelings. We invite you to join the Facebook group to get the support that you need so you can stay in the race and experience God's triumphant blessings for you in your marriage and your stepfamily. All right, join the Facebook group. We can't wait to see you in there.